welcome the host of the local plug, my brothers, Brent Van Wilder and the one and only Magic Baby. You are tapped in to the, the local, local plug. plug. This is your man, Brent Van Wilder. It's your boy, Magic. And how you feeling today, homie? Feeling good, feeling good. Ready for this free game. Free game? We getting free game today. What are you talking about? Um, like a PS4? Nah, bro. I'm talking about some game you can step out in the world and utilize for real. Um, we talking about financial wellness today. Right. Um, we've been talking about wellness for the last month. And I think this is the last topic, right? Yep, financial wellness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but it, it won't be the last discussion. Definitely won't be the last. So we got we definitely gonna have a couple of guests on on coming in and talking to us today. Um, on the line we have Mr. William Graham. Mr. Mr. Graham, you there? I'm here. There I we go. You. Right, now, now you're on the radio. Okay. You yep. live. Okay. Great. 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 Thanks for thanks for um, joining us and um, sharing some of the information that you have um, going into um, financial wellness today. We appreciate it. Definitely do. You're quite welcome. Based on my timeline in the metaverse, um, financial wellness seems to be obtainable through life insurance. And I wanted to see if we can get you to break that down for us as we, you know, go through the layers of financial wellness. I know that's what you do, right? Yeah, that's what I do. Okay. What I do is I sit down with families and um, I find out what their financial goals are and I educate them. I take an educational approach. I teach them what banks, mortgage companies and insurance companies know about money, but they don't teach people. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I know you and I was talking, uh, Mr. Graham, uh, one of those, one of those, um, one of those things that the banks don't teach you was um, Rule 72. Can you, can you explain that to the people? Rule 72. Yes. There's some money and banking rules. Been around over 100 years. It's a simple rule, sixth grade math. You take the interest rate and what you're receiving for your money, divide it into 72, and it tells you how long it takes your money to double. So let's just say you're getting 3% for your money. Three goes into 72, 24 times. So it takes 24 years before your money doubles. 24 years. So now I have a question for you with that. What are banks normally giving you for your money? What interest rate? For a savings account. Or a CD. I, I think it's like... It's less, I know it's less than a, a whole percent. It's like 0.3 okay. or something? 0.2 or something? I don't know. Like 1.5? It's, it's low. It's less than a percent. But let's just say it's 1%. How many times does one go into 72? 72 times. So it takes 72 years for your money to double when you're getting that kind of rate. Mm. Ah, I see. Okay. So, all right. So if if we send that a five percent rate, and then you you multiply that by seventy two, right? You divide it into seventy two. You divide it into seventy two. So I say an easy number like six, and you divide that into yep. seventy two, you get what twelve. So it take yep. twelve years for your money to double. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, I like that math. And this is, again, through a life insurance plan, or this is just through banking? Well, this is just a rule. There are financial institutions where you can uh, place your money. Banks usually give you a flat rate of return. Money in the market averages, you know, between 6 and 9%, maybe as much as 12%. So depending on where you invested over a period of time, it averages out a lot greater than the bank. Let me ask you a question. What do you think the bank does with the money when you deposit money in the bank? 
reinvest it. Okay, and what else? Um, probably buy some stuff. Some houses, some property. Well, they don't buy it. They loan it. They they loan it out, and they invest it. And when they loan it out and they invest it, do you think they get a point something rate of return, or a six, or a nine, or twelve percent rate of return? I, I'm gonna think they get the best interest return. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they understand the rule of seventy-two. So let's kind of make it simple. If you went and got a credit card through the bank, what are the normal interest rates on credit cards? Ooh, them girls like, I don't have no credit cards. I, I think, I think it's like fifteen percent or something like that. Okay, okay. If, if you find, if you finance a car, what would you get? What kind of interest rate would you get? Ooh, not sure. What they charge you to? It's, it's going to be high. So what banks do is they, when we deposit money in the banks, they give us a very low rate of return, and they use the money in the bank to invest it or loan it out. You notice they don't even run banks at night anymore? No, I didn't. No money in there. They use the money of the depositors to invest it. That's why they can give us a very small rate of return. I mean, you made me wish it was the Wild Wild West again. They, they don't have any money in banks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just speaking figuratively, but uh, the banks use depositors' money and they loan it out and they invest it and they get the higher rates of return. And pretty much money that's in a savings account is just a holding spot. It doesn't grow. It's a big word called inflation. What that means is if your money doesn't grow to keep pace with what things cost, you're in the hole. Let's just think of where we are now. This is October, I'm sorry, September 2022. How much was gas two years ago in October? $2. Probably half the price, right? So if you put put $1,000 in the bank, and you come back 10 years from now, and it's only, it still hasn't doubled yet, but everything else is three times the price. Did your money really grow? Heck no. Nah. So, so your purchasing power is gone. So that's one of the things I, I teach people. You have to understand the rules of the game. Mm. Uh, actually, money is a game. And if you don't know the rules of any game, what normally happens? That's what Steve Harvey said. It's the money game. You lose if you don't you know the rules. The yeah. You don't know the rules. Okay. So this is this is the basic money rule that's been around over 100 years. It's math, compound interest, rule 72. So how is life insurance and rule 72 tied in together exactly like? Well, let's look at it this way. What I do is I work with people on putting together plans to replace their income. The two spectrums of life, a plan if you die too soon, to replace your income. Do you, you both do you guys have kids or families? Yeah. Okay. So you both work jobs, correctly? Yes, sir. Or you have income coming in. So if something were to happen to you, like you die, would you want the income that you have coming in for, this, for your family to continue coming in? That would be nice. That, yeah, that would be okay. ideal. So a plan to protect your income is life insurance. Okay. If you die too soon and there's been, you sit down and determine how much of your income you want to have replaced if something happens, how many years you want it replaced, then we can determine how much coverage you need so if something happens, it replaces your income. Now, the flip side of that is, what if you live too long? In other words, 
where you don't want to work or have to work, would you want to have income coming in then? Of course. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's when the rule of 72 comes in. Yeah. So that's when the rule of 72 comes in if you are investing your money in a vehicle where your average or better rate of return. So at some point when it's time to retire or not have to work, you build enough money to live off of. So that's the plan if you if you live too long to replace your income. Because at some point you're not going to work or you won't even be able to work. But you still are going to need what all your life? You'll still need money. Right. Um, so, so to answer your question, how does life insurance... I'm sorry, what's your question? No, go ahead. You can finish what you was about to say. So you asked, you ask, how does life insurance uh, come into play with the rule of 72? It really doesn't. It's just part of the plan mm. to life insurance. You actually are renting money until you build money. So you had half a million dollars of coverage on you, just using that number. I don't know what your number might be. And if something happened to you, if you die too soon, then your family can live off of that. Half a million dollars. So, um... Replace your income. And if you had a half a million dollars right now, would you really need life insurance if something happens to your family? I would think so. It yeah. sounds like the financial strategy to go with, based off of what you just said about Rule 72 and the policies. So... You would need both. But at age... What's, what's old to you? Everybody has a different old age. What's <laughs> um, old to you? To me, old is like, you get in mean, 70s, 80s, you, you, you get yeah, old. Yeah, okay. you're in your 70s. You're in your, you're in your 70s, you get you old, yeah. Okay. So if you don't want to have to work, you don't have to be 70, you can not have to work at 40 if there's money in place. But at whatever age you choose that you don't want to have to work, and let's just say that, Half a million dollars or a million dollars is what it's going to take for you not to have to work and replace your income. If you had life insurance while you were working to build this amount of money, now you built it. Do you really need life insurance if you have a half a million dollars or a million dollars or more? Not necessarily. But you okay? So life insurance is really designed to. Protect and replace your income, and you are renting that money, so to speak, until you build the money. And at the end of the term, where you don't need it, when you build enough money, you can have life insurance, but you don't really need it because you have money. Okay, okay, that definitely. So you want to have two plans? Okay, um, that definitely brought some clarity to um, um, the benefits of life insurance. I guess we're about to play some music and we got some more questions for you. We're about to do right. So we got a couple of songs coming up. We got some Wu-Tang Cream and some Junior Mafia Get Money. But I do want to leave this question. Hey. I do want to leave this question with you, Mr. Graham. Um, there's different types of life insurance. I know I'm quite sure you're going to get into this in the next um, segment, but there's different types of life yeah. insurance. And um, from, from just a little bit of digging and talking that we did, we have, we have what's your term and your... Um, your cash value, um, can you think you'd be able to break down the difference and in how um, investing in one or the other may help with that um, securing, secu actually securing income for, for your future and family? Sure. All right. I'm understanding that there's two types, and I want to see if you can um, actually break that down for the people to um, help them understand which life insurance 
um, is the best way to go for future investments for replacing income and also um, keeping maintaining income. Okay. Well, you're right. There are two types. One is cash value. It comes in different names. You may have heard of whole life. You may have heard of universal life, variable life. All of those are cash value type policies. Uh, with cash value policies, you'll pay for three things, but you only get one. Obviously, you're paying for a death proceed in the event that you die. Family gets the face amount or the beneficiary gets whatever the face amount is. Secondly, it's used as a savings or slash loan plan. And third, it's also used for long-term growth or semi-investing. Now, the reason I said you pay for three things, but you only get one, first thing is the money that's going to be put aside by the insurance company in your policy in the cash value, it takes at least one to three years before you even accumulated any money in the cash value. Keep that in mind. Whatever the premium is, <clears throat> that's the cost that you're paying for the coverage. But you really don't know how much of that premium is applied to the investment or the savings plan. Second thing is, um, if you want some of that money, that cash value, once some of it's accumulated, the company, the life insurance company says, if you want the money, you can borrow it. Let's just say that it's accumulated about 15000 and you had $100,000 worth of coverage. If you got that money, they will subtract it from the face amount. So you will be down to $85,000 worth of life insurance, but you're still paying for 100 So basically, and, I'm sorry. So quick question. So with the whole life with whole life insurance, you're saying uh, we're the money that you put in. Say you pay a um, hundred dollars a month, right, for your whole life sure. uh, for a five hundred thousand dollar policy. You're paying a hundred dollars, but you may not, but you still may not receive that whole policy if you borrow from it, even if you still continue yep. to pay that one hundred. Yep, you're right. Now, here's the question I always ask: If it's your money, why do you have to borrow it? Touche. Mm. Okay, so that's why we're not getting it. Yeah. We took it out. Yeah, but they say you have to borrow it, but it's yours. If you put money in the bank and you left it in there for a little while and you came back and said, I need some more money, they say, okay, we'll give it to you, but you got to borrow it. What would you say? Give me my money. Right. <laughs> right. Run my bread. So you have to borrow that money. And let me, let me, let me just add a little footnote to that. You're not going to get half a million dollars worth of cash value life insurance for $100 a month if you're around 35 years old. So um, I noticed you use the term cash value. That's the same thing as a whole life term policy, right? No, it's the same thing as a whole life. It's the same thing as a universal life. And it's the same thing as a variable life. All of those are cash value policies, but they come in different names. Okay. But they, all, they work the same. Term is a separate one that I'm going to do a comparison with this. We'll let you know the difference. Now, here's the other catch. The third thing about this is, let's say that using that $100,000 policy you had, and you didn't take any money out of it, and it might have maybe forty dollars or $50,000 accumulated, and 20, 30 years from now, you die. How much do you think the family will get? You have $100,000 worth of coverage. You've accumulated 
$40,000 in cash value, and you die. You didn't borrow any of the money. What do you think the family gets? Probably that 40000 What? No, they get the 100 The hun- so Oh. The cash, value, the cash value the company keeps. You don't get both. Okay. That's pretty dope. So now, so if you so you're saying you accumulated for forty thousand, but if you die while you're accumulating, your yeah, family still they don't get the forty thousand. They, they get, get the, the whole, whole bag. They they just get the cash. They just get what the policy was valued at that hundred thousand. Mm. Gotcha. All right, I understand that. Now, term is pure insurance. It's no bells and whistles. It's just like term insurance that you have for your car. Most people's term on cars is a year. How you pay it might be monthly, quarterly, semi-annual, annually. Um, the type of coverage that you have on your home, if you have homeowners insurance, it's a term. Each year, it's a new term. Term life insurance is the same way. The term can be 15 years, it can be 20 years, it can be 30 years, it can be 35 years or somewhere less than that. But you're paying for pure insurance, no bells and whistles. Term is recommended because the cost is lower than no bells and whistles. So I'm going to give you an example. Let's go back to the cash value. Somebody's 35 years old, a couple. Both of them are 35. They're paying $225 a month. They accumulated what's told on the policy when they get their policy that they're going to have about $76,000 at age 65, 30 years later, if they don't touch any of it. Now, same couple, 35 years old, can get $250,000 each of term coverage for a 30-year term, meaning in 30 years, the policy is due to renew. You don't lose it, you just renew it based on their age. But they get it for $80 a month. Two and a half times the coverage for $145 a month. I'm $145 savings. Now, you ask the investment piece, it's separate. The life insurance is $80 for 250 each. That $145 that they were spending for that $100,000 coverage that, that, that they're saving, we're going to show them how to invest, invest it. By knowing the rule of 72, this is not an insurance product, this is an investment product now. That $145 that you're saving, invest that at 9% rate of return, $145 at 9% rate of return for 30 years, that's $265 plus $1,000 that's accumulated separate in your investment account. So is so that... So at the end of the... I'm sorry, go ahead, Mr. Brown. No, what were you going to say? Is that what? So so that so that essentially is what you built and what you put in over that course of time so that all of that is yours if you at the end of the term or... Are you able to borrow from that also like you can from the cash value? It's separate. The life insurance is separate. You get a life insurance plan, a term life, separate. It's strictly for insurance. The money that you save on what you would have gotten in a cash value, you can invest the difference. Two separate plans. It sounds the, reason like- that it's, the reason that what happens is a lot of insurance salespersons don't have license to do investments. So the life insurance product is used as a savings slash investment product where I'm a professional where I'm licensed for life insurance. 
and a license to invest. So uh, we put together two completely different plans. One, if you die too soon, you want to make sure that you have proper protection to replace your income. The money that you probably are saving, now if you, if you have life insurance, we do a comparison. If you have cash value, most times, most of the times, term is cheaper or more affordable than cash value because it's pure insurance and it doesn't have all these savings and borrowing factors in it. It's just a separate policy. With education on the Rule 72 first, then we help you invest the money. I'm just using the example of 225 on $100,000 of coverage each opposed to $80 for $250,000 each. That savings of that 145 that someone was spending with the cash value, I showed them how to take that same money they were spending in anyway. They're adequately covered with that 250. Now we're going to take that 145 and, and invest it over a three-year period. It will normally may average about 9% rate of return. It's not guaranteed, but it averages better than 1%, better than 2%. Yeah, 9% sounds so it, a whole lot better than 1%. Uh, yeah. And then the question is, if you've accumulated from age 35 to age 65, $265,000, and you didn't die, and it's time to renew it at age 65, would you really need to get $250,000 of coverage if you got $265,000 of money at your disposal to use? No. So at the end of the term, you have the option to take to take the money that you've basically saved. But look, if, you, if someone dies in between those 30 years, whatever money that's in the investment account is still their money in the investment account. Okay. And remember I told you with life insurance, it's to protect your income. And the reason that we have it is we are renting money until we build money. Now, you're asking which is the best. It depends on what someone's looking at. But if you look at any of the reports from consumer reports and any of the experts, term insurance for middle America is more affordable. Um, you may hear people talk about cash value of whole life, universal life, and they say, well, you can use it to send your kids to school. Uh, have you ever known anybody to go to college off a of life insurance policy? Nah, uh -huh. I don't know anybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Have you, know, have you ever known anyone to have money for retirement off of a life insurance policy? No, this is all a new game to me. Okay. So normally the cash value is used as a loan program because people haven't been taught how to save, flash, their, uh, invest their money independently in the insurance. Cash value was kind of put together as that. And without understanding the rules of the money games of life insurance and the money game of investing, usually we go about, we usually do business off of what someone else said they did. Let me give you a little quick story. I went to college and had a student loan. It was only 10000 No, actually it was only $2,500. It was an out-of-state school, and I came back and finished. And I started talking with some friends about the money that I owed, and they said, oh, man, 
If it's not, if it's not over $1,000, it's not over $10,000, they write that off. I believe them because street attorneys sound real good, don't they? Yeah. I found out a year after I graduated, I didn't pay it back. I tried to establish some credit, and I had bad credit for a default student loan because I got information from people that didn't know what they were talking about. Hmm. So my advice is, and looking at income replacement, which is life insurance, and looking at investments, talk to someone that's licensed in both of those so that you can make an informed decision on what works best for you. It, it sounds like whole Does that life. that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, Based off of what you just told us, though, it, it feels like to me whole life is the way to go. I, I don't see why I would do term, a term policy. I would do a term policy. A term? But that's like... That's like car insurance to me, based off of what he said. Like, it don't do nothing for you other than insure you if something happens. But the other joint with the bells and whistles, you know what I mean? It, it's, it comes with more. It's more. I'm, looking, I'm looking at it as, like, I, I know I got 20, 30 years in me. So, now, I mean, at the end of my term, I end up making more than what the policy you don't, is. You don't take anything for term. I, I thought that's what you were saying, right, Mr. Graham? Yep, term is pure insurance, and then you Man. invest separately. Like Let me ask you something. Bro. But you said you said you don't get anything. You don't get anything. Life insurance is designed to replace the income. You don't get any life insurance. You don't get it if your name is on the policy. If you marry and your name is on the policy, that means you have to die for someone else to get it. Mm. Okay. And if you look at any insurance, insurance is to replace a loss. We can't put a price on life but you're going to put a price on the income. I hear this all the time. People say, well, I, I never get anything out of it, just like my car. But what did you get out of your car insurance? If something happens to your car, you get to replace your car. If something happens to you, and let's just look, if you didn't have any car insurance, and it is a term policy, term insurance, and your car was total, and you didn't get hurt, you say, next time I'm, I'm going to make sure I have some insurance. If you don't have any insurance on your house, and it burns down, nobody gets hurt. Next time I get a house, I'm going to get some insurance. With life insurance, you don't have a second chance. So if you don't have any life insurance and something happens, your family's left with nothing. Right. So term is more, it's more affordable, and then you do a savings or an investment plan separate mm. where you don't have it bumped up. No other insurance. Can you name any other type of insurance? Homeowners, car, health, um, dental, where you can borrow money or it's a savings plan attached, a plan attached to it. Okay, yeah, that's a real good strategy for term. Okay, um, yeah, so you got to add the savings plan onto it so you can make right. that, so you can make that investment as you're building. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah and, what you, and what you do is you, the goal is to build as much money as fast as possible where you're self-insured. Gotcha. Okay. All right, that makes a you lot do of know, sense. You do, you do know when you drive a car, you don't have to have full coverage once it's paid for. Right. Because, you know, you take that risk, but you don't have to. And the only reason you you know you have to have it if it's not paid for is the, the lender wants to make sure something happens that they'll be able to get to recoup what you owe them. All right, all right. Yeah, that was a real good explanation. I think we are on the same page now. So we definitely yeah. And what I what I suggest is uh, in my last statement is, if you have life insurance, 
regardless of what type it is, do a comparison with a professional and you determine what works best with you. Um, and if you don't have a savings or an investment plan, get one. Um, you don't have to have a lot of money to accumulate money. You just have to start. And I think I, t I told you this, Brett, when you um, arranged for me to talk. There's one little statement that I just want to, uh, to end with this statement is, I've done some education on finances. Now, if it's not any implementation, you just got information. Right. You got to have some action to it. Yeah, you got to apply it. Yeah. Yeah. So for anybody that's listening, if you have someone that's responsible, that you're responsible for and you don't have income protection, which is life insurance, get it. If you do have life insurance and you're not really sure what you have, get a comparison. And hopefully what I've shared with you helps. The rule of 72 just applies to investing. It has nothing to do with life insurance. Yeah. I want to make sure that you're clear on that as well. It was actually a great help, and I think we're going to go to some music, and when we come back, we want to let the people know how they can get in contact with you. Actually, you can let the people know how to get in contact with you now, and then we're going to run into some music. Okay, yeah, let the people okay. know. You can contact me at 919-815-0647. Okay, you got any uh, social William media? Graham. Uh, no, I'm not on social media that much, but the best way to contact me is directly. And then uh, we can go from there. You can text me. Okay, what was that number one more time for the people? 919-815-0647. All right, y'all got the number, man. All right, we appreciate your time, Mr. Graham, and you definitely appreciate the jewels that you dropped for us today. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me.